Albuquerque has awarded almost $2.9 million to a woman scalded by a cup of McDonald's. But did they put the top on no. for you? They put the top on and they made the top. So you've probably heard this story before. Some woman drives up to McDonald's in the 1990s and orders a hot coffee. She drives off with it and a few minutes later spills some of it on herself. Furious, she decides to sue the restaurant chain and ends up winning millions of dollars. And that's why to this day, your coffee has to say warning hot on the cup so that McDonald's and other establishments can protect themselves from lawsuit happy Karens. Does that sound familiar? McDonald's, right. hot coffee, spills on herself, uh, and this comes on again. This is the story that McDonald's has perpetuated for years since that fateful day back in 1992. The problem is that's not actually what happened at all. Like not even close. Stella Liebeck, 79 years old at the time, did spill hot coffee on herself, but it wasn't minor. The coffee was so scalding hot that she ended up with third degree burns on her groin, inner thighs, and buttocks. The medical bills alone were at least $10,000 but Liebeck didn't even sue. She asked McDonald's to just foot the medical bill, seeing that they'd been warned time and time again that their coffee was genuinely too hot. Over 700 burns had been reported by this point, but McDonald's simply did not care. They could offer more than you know just her medical bills, but they were actually the ones who refused to settle. And they were actually the ones that the judge reamed for this callous attitude. Yet it's Liebeck that for so many years, people have seen as the villain. Why? Well, in part, you can blame McDonald's legal team for painting her as lawsuit happy, but the media themselves ran wild with this one too. You'd actually think they were probably trying to kiss Ronald McDonald's giant clown ass shoes with these headlines like this. Hot cup of coffee costs 2.9 million and coffee spill burns woman jury awards 2.9 million. And even this one, when spilled coffee is worth 2.9 million. All of these headlines were run among plenty others. And the story of a litigious Karen was formed from there. The articles themselves weren't even horrible to Liebeck. One defense attorney told Tampa Bay Times, quote, I've predicted for years that someone's going to win a suit because I've spilled it on myself. And unlike the coffee I make at home, it's really hot. I mean, man, it hurts. This story shouldn't be about, hey, not everyone's a Karen and how Liebeck had a legitimate reason to sue McDonald's. Of course she did. And the only thing she really wanted was just to be reimbursed for her medical bills. But the reality is like, who would actually want to go through the absolute hell of suing a massive corporation for years on end? What lawyer would actually take that kind of case? Instead, what amazes me about the story is how McDonald's treated her when they burned her. They are the ones who seriously injured her. She was the victim here and they treated her like trash. This woman was over 80 years old when the case was finally resolved, and she had only asked for her medical bills to be reimbursed. And instead, McDonald's dragged the case out, perhaps in hopes that she'd give it up and let the media paint her as money hungry when they were the only ones clinging to their wallets. The chain knew for years that hundreds of people had been hurt, but did they care? No. And did they change? Also no. Just earlier this year, a young girl named Olivia and her family sued McDonald's yet again because she received a second degree burn all because of a chicken nugget from a Happy Meal that fell on her leg. Could you imagine your chicken nuggets being that hot? And do you know what McDonald's had to say about it? Here's the quote. This was an unfortunate event, but we respectfully disagree with the verdict. 
our customers should continue to rely on McDonald's to follow policies and procedures for serving chicken nuggets safely. And I'm sorry, but if you can't hand your kid a Happy Meal in the backseat of the car and not be worried about them getting second degree burns, then I don't think customers should rely on McDonald's to be safe. In my opinion, McDonald's simply does not care enough to change their ways. And why should they when they make an obscene amount of money every single day? Today on The Corporate Casket, we're gonna go through the highlight reel of McDonald's, the very worst of the worst of this chain. But be warned, McDonald's fans, by the end of it, you may not be loving it anymore. The woman won $1 million because uh, she spilled her McDonald's hot coffee. Right. This pink goop, a photograph that has snaked around the internet with the caption, can you guess what McDonald's food item this is? If you're not making money hand over fist, Something's terribly wrong. Come on, boys and girls. Oh, we've already met. I know we're gonna be great. I like to do everything boys and girls like to do. Fries for 316, please. Thank you. David. What's going on? Oh, hey. That's it? Yeah. Everybody, two seconds. Dear Sebastian, after careful consideration of your application, it is with great pleasure that we offer our congratulations on your acceptance. Through the tuition assistance program, every day McDonald's helps more people go to college. McDonald's will help you go to college. And that's amazing. They care. It's too bad that this comes after years of treating workers like they're disposable. Now, I don't want to knock McDonald's scholarship program. $5,000 a year is definitely nice. But you have to be full-time to receive that much, and part-time employees only get half that amount. I did the math, and for full-time employees, it's effectively a $2.70 per hour raise. Again, not terrible, but if someone's taking classes and working full-time, it's not necessarily the best first job that McDonald's makes it out to be. Yeah, college students might get a raise, but for years, anyone working there hoping to make a living was left to the curb. They spent millions on lobbying against the Raise the Wage Act, up until 2019 when they announced they'd stop fighting in the minimum wage debate. As one of the largest employers in America, I think this entire debate speaks volumes. Sure, some people might argue that McDonald's is supposed to be a low entry job, but I think that minimum wage, wherever you may be in life, should be a livable one for full-time employees. McDonald's knows that they set an example for the fast food industry, and if they don't, then they're just plain stupid. By spending millions upon millions on lobbying against their own workforce's interests, they've shown that it's perfectly acceptable to put their own excessive profits over employee well-being. And again, some of you may say that the minimum wage increase didn't really work at McDonald's because they started replacing employees with machines. They've got touchscreens installed so you can input orders without interacting with anyone. But studies have shown that there wasn't a relationship between this technology and wage increases. Touchscreen technology and self-serve checkout lanes, all of that is becoming more popular and more common regardless of the status of the minimum wage. However, as entirely automated branches have come to fruition and employees are continually cut out of the process, it's not hard to wonder if McDonald's simply abandoned their stance in the fight for 15 so that they could use that lobbying money to buy more automated branches. But this is purely one of the well-known fights, just one of the debates that McDonald's has found itself in over the years. The way they treat the workers themselves and not just their wallets is another very serious issue. Chocolate shake. Would you like some french fries with your order, sir? We have beef, three filet, two cheeseburgers, and four Cokes. Good morning, sir. May I take your order, please? No, we don't. How about a chocolate shake? That'll be fine. A Coke? Yes, sir. Here you are, sir, and come back soon. 
I think it's really unfortunate that McDonald's is considered a benchmark for the fast food industry because they don't exactly treat people well. If anything, they've become notorious for doing the opposite. Take this story, for example. One former security chief, Michael Pister, dared to speak out against CEO Chris Kemshinsky. Chris had apparently been chatting with Chicago Mayor Lightfoot about recent violence, writing, quote, P.S. Tragic shootings last week, both at our restaurant yesterday and with Adam Toledo. With both, the parents failed those kids, which I know is something you can't say, even harder to fix. I think that's a pretty heartless garbage comment to make about gun violence victims. I do give credit to Michael for speaking out against him, explaining in a town hall meeting that it's not okay to brush aside violence issues in Chicago to make it appear that these kids just had bad parents. Michael's words were followed by applause in the meeting, but the McDonald's CEO was less thrilled and he was fired. I'm not sure if race had anything to do with this. Michael is a black man and he did file a discrimination suit, but if it wasn't about race, then this certainly shows that the CEO can't take a word of criticism against him. Of course, discrimination had everything to do with this next case. A couple years ago, more than 50 black former franchisees sued McDonald's, claiming that they were denied the same opportunities as white operators. The complaint said that black franchisees were steered towards lower income neighborhoods with higher insurance costs and fewer sales. And the franchisee's income was about a third less than the national average proving this point. But why could this be? One simple word used in real estate, location. You don't build an empire off a 1.4% cut of a 15 cent hamburger. You build it by owning the land upon which that burger is cooked. What you ought to be doing is buying up plots of land. This is from the movie, The Founder, in which salesman Ray Kroc turned McDonald's into a fast food empire. He goes on to explain, it's not the food that makes the money, but buying and leasing land to countless franchisees. That's where the real money lies. And in this case, that mindset can hurt said franchisees when the location is poor. After all, every chain is selling the same burger, the same recipe. So why drive out of your way for the same thing? It just simply doesn't happen. Even when owners do work hard and do prove themselves, McDonald's can block them from buying restaurants in the suburbs or deem them ineligible for growth, otherwise known as just buying out the franchises. As Bloomberg put it, these practices are their own kind of redlining, but despite the evidence that Black-owned franchisees continue to do worse purely based on location, McDonald's diminished the data. They said it wasn't as bad as the claims, they said discrimination has no place at McDonald's, and they dismissed the frustration of those around them. Bloomberg does give the chain some credit for taking these allegations more seriously in recent years, but I just find it hard to do when McDonald's won't acknowledge their past. Discrimination has no place there? That must just be a terrible joke. And are we forgetting that their CEO said parents failed their young child victims of multiple shootings in Chicago? Or what about the time the former CEO before him, Steve Easterbrook, and former president Charles Strong said some really questionable and weird shit too? Under their leadership, the chain became allegedly, quote, overly hostile to African-Americans in both words and deeds. How hostile were they, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. In 2015, 10 former employees sued because of the mistreatment from supervisors who fired them because the stores had, quote, too many black people. These same supervisors also threw racial and sexual slurs at their workers, then claimed they only fired the workers because they didn't fit the profile of a good employee. This is a McDonald's. If someone shows up, does their job, and maintains a sense of professionalism, then what more could you possibly be fucking asking them for? How else does someone fit their profile? 
is being white the requirement that y'all don't want to say out loud or something? Because that's certainly what it sounds like. Now, a few years later, when Kempshinsky took over, who's the current CEO, it didn't get much better. Senior executives claim that during a corporate restructuring in 2018, many black officers were fired. It may or may not have been proportional to company-wide layoffs, I'm not sure. But either way, black women in high-level positions were concerned about the lack of representation in upper management. When they requested a meeting to discuss it, Kemshinsky said, quote, "...numbers of black people don't matter." But yeah, diversity is apparently one of their values and discrimination has no place there. Sure. So I guess Katrina Stanfield's supervisor meant nothing by shouting, quote, we need to get the ghetto out of the store in reference to non-white workers' hairstyles, right? But there's more treatment that McDonald's has ignored that really shows me that they do have no positive values whatsoever. And that's the sexual harassment issues. Please note that this next portion will discuss sexual harassment and assault. I can't possibly discuss the infuriating nature of McDonald's without mentioning how they turn a blind eye to sexual harassment. Katrina also touched on this in her interview, explaining that one of her supervisors would make inappropriate comments about female employees to male employees, and he'd send workers pictures of himself naked. Christina Chadwick, according to the complaint, was often referred to as the dirty Mexican or hot Mexican employee. She's Hispanic, but not even of Mexican descent. Because why would a chain have racism and overworked employees when you could have racism, overworked employees, and supervisors that sexually harass workers? But once again, it's not surprising that this is tolerated when the same behavior comes right from the top. Former CEO Easterbrook was fired because he had a relationship with an employee. Although this relationship was consensual, he, quote, knowingly misled investors by failing to disclose additional improper relationships in the workplace. What that means is he knew that getting involved with three employees was a bad idea, and he knew that sending naked or explicit photographs and videos of employees from his work email was misconduct. But when you're the CEO of one of the biggest fast food companies in the world, I guess maybe you just forget common basic sense. Call it a temporary lapse in judgment or whatever corporate speak you want, I don't care. While I'm relieved that the relationships were at least consensual, it is still gross to see higher-ups treat McDonald's like a frat house. For many employees, though, the relationships between them and fellow employees was not consensual. A senior attorney with the ACLU stated that food service is generally one of the worst industries in terms of sexual harassment, a fact that I honestly didn't realize, and that McDonald's apparently is not keen on changing that. They could be a great leader for the rest of the industry and crack down on this, show how serious it is, but instead, it seems like they're all words and no action. They've said that sexual harassment is an affront to everything they stand for and they're taking allegations seriously, yet these trends have continued for years. Women have been groped, managers have witnessed colleagues do this and have said nothing, or if they do speak, they've told employees to stop being dramatic. One general manager allegedly laughed after an employee said that the cook was using the tongs to try and grab her breasts, because that's so funny. But rest assured, they say they're taking this very seriously. I guess that's why they've faced similar allegations this year in the UK, right? In July 2023, over 100 current and recent UK staff said that sexual harassment and mistreatment were seen as extremely common at their locations. One staff member said that a colleague was particularly aggressive and, quote, at one point threatened a group of girls working in the store, including me, with slitting our throats. 
Management were aware of the threats, but because he was good at his job and one of the lads, they let it slide and nothing was ever done about it. And yep, that sounds like someone I'd totally want to protect, one that threatens to kill somebody. Like seriously, McDonald's? That was what, like, what did you just say like a couple minutes ago about not accepting certain things in the workplace? Just didn't apply to the UK maybe? Is that how that works? Now, I understand that there's going to be a few bad managers out there. Yes, totally. But young staff members should feel confident in knowing that if this happens to them, they can take it to corporate and it will get sorted out. Instead, one of the largest employers in the private sector and a chain with one of the youngest workforces is willing to dismiss teenagers being groped in their stores. One 17-year-old said she'd been choked, and other younger workers added that older managers would often attempt to pressure them into sex. Quote, Male staff in Wales apparently joked about betting on who could sleep with new female recruits first. A 19-year-old quit after a male colleague was filmed slapping her on the bottom, causing a bruise, but kept his job, the BBC reported. I simply just can't believe that McDonald's actually cares about their workers in the slightest. Easterbrook was let go with $40 million after that relationship with an employee, by the way. So what kind of example does that set for the rest of management? Oh, hey, if you sleep with a colleague, don't get caught. But if you do, you'll just get a mountain of cash and you can just go away. Like, what a great message to show the teenagers that work for them. Like, right? Like, yeah, you're totally going to be fine. We'll just pay them money and you'll just quit and nothing will be done. Now, of course, while McDonald's treats its employees terribly and while it is important to note, there is still so much more to discuss about this fast food titan, like the food itself. Or should I say the slime? Is there pink goop? This pink goop? A photograph that has snaked around the internet with the caption, can you guess what McDonald's food item this is? It's said to be the entire chicken. Eyes, guts, bones. So I actually really love that this news anchor actually stabbed the photo on television. I think it's kind of funny. We need this kind of attitude back on TV. I would legitimately consider buying cable again if every news program was as ridiculous as an, and unhinged as this one. But in all seriousness, the picture that I'm discussing circulated everywhere back in the day. And McDonald's knows that it's effectively been a stain on their reputation ever since. As recently as last year, AP News addressed these rumors yet again, stating that McDonald's stopped using this byproduct in 2011. So if you've ate there in the past 12 years, you're safe, no slime for you. Yet other claims about where their meat comes from still circulate and it's still quite questionable. It's not surprising that people don't consider McDonald's healthy. I mean, they're not really known for that. They're most known probably for being cheaply made and cheap quality fast food. I, I think that's what they're known for. It's not known for health. Uh, saying McDonald's is unhealthy is like saying the sky is blue. Like we all know it, there's really no denying that one. However, back in 2004, one film wanted to see just how unhealthy they were and created the notorious film, Supersize Me. The filmmaker, Morgan Spurlock, ate only McDonald's hamburgers for one month and he piled on about 27 pounds, also seeing his cholesterol and blood pressure rise. Pretty shocking, right? I remember actually watching this maybe like a year or two after it came out and I was like, you know, obviously a kid, but I was like, wow, that's terrible, that's crazy. Now, I get it, hopefully no one is eating McDonald's every single day. And even the company itself says this is not a good idea, not like Subway and Jared at least. But I think the point of the film is to show just how terrible it is. It didn't take long for eating these burgers to have damaging effects, and it is genuinely harmful to eat McDonald's every day. And again, just, to be clear here, the chain is not insisting that you do this. But the way they represent their food has still garnered some warranted criticism over the years. Take the issue with their fries. 
For years, people believed that their fries were just, you know, fried potatoes. That's what most French fries are, and that's what everyone assumed. Therefore, even though McDonald's isn't exactly a vegetarian's dream, at least vegetarians could eat the fries, right? No, their fries aren't just fried in oil, but beef fat to give it extra flavoring. And while it's not wrong that they use this ingredient just to be clear, they did need to disclose it. I honestly don't care if it's a trade secret or a special recipe or whatever it is. If I served a vegan a salad, but didn't admit that the ingredients had been soaked in beef juice or something, I'd be an asshole for being misleading. McDonald's is an asshole here. And it's not just the food either, but the packaging too. They, along with Burger King, were sued for using PFAS, otherwise known as just the forever chemicals in their packages. Quote, the use of PFAS in its products stands in stark contrast to McDonald's brand identity, which espouses food safety, one suit reads, according to top class actions. In almost every medium, McDonald's Corporation tells consumers, investors, and the general public that the products are safe. This doesn't mean that if you eat a burger wrapped in their packaging, you're automatically poisoned and in deep trouble. But there are proven health consequences associated with PFAS, and for McDonald's to claim that they're safe while using them is hypocritical at best. Seriously, what does McDonald's stand for? High quality, healthy food? Treating workers fairly? Giving franchisees a solid business opportunity? Honestly, they're all about making cheap food and profit for those at the top. Remember, the vast majority of their money comes from rent. McDonald's is more of a real estate company than a food business if you really think about it. And it certainly does show. But even with everything I've discussed thus far, there is still so much more to McDonald's than the obvious. So let's try and speed run through a few of the scandals they have last in this final chapter, and we're gonna try and create a fuller picture of what this fast food empire is really all about. From the gas pump to the grocery store, your utility bills and favorite streaming services, inflation is just about everywhere. Like, seriously, please make it stop. Thankfully, there's a company out there that's giving you a very much needed break, and it's Mint Mobile. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton. They have phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. Now I've been using Mint Mobile for over two and a half years at this point. We're going on three at this point, honestly. And it has been an absolutely amazing experience. And I mean, I can say that I've literally used them for years at this point. The service is always great. Customer service, if there's ever been a problem, is super easy and understanding. And it's super easy to manage my bill all on their little app on my phone. And it gives me little updates every month when the month has refreshed. So for people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, make sure you go to mintmobile.com casket. That's mintmobile.com casket. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com casket. It's the calm before the holiday storm, but you can prepare your e-commerce business for the holiday rush now by using ShipStation. It doesn't matter if you're shipping from your house or a warehouse, ShipStation can help increase your profitability and you can save time automating your shipping and returns in the ShipStation dashboard, whether that's on your computer or on your phone with their app. And you can get industry leading carrier discounts while your holiday orders keep rolling in. 
And ShipStation is incredibly easy to use. You pop in your information for whatever platform you're using, whether you're selling on or like through Shopify, Etsy, Amazon, eBay, wherever you are, ShipStation can help you out. And once you get it set up, you can sync your orders in. So every time you get an order, it pops up in your ShipStation dashboard, and then you can automate how fast you're shipping, what carrier you're shipping with, and you'll know the prices of everything before you hit that buy button. It's a really quick setup. And if you use my code, you can get a free trial. And now is the time to try out ShipStation if you've been on the fence. You can get discounts up to 84% off of USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 other companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. So set up your business this holiday season for success with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CASKET today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, use code CASKET, and you'll get a free 60-day trial. To start, there's the right to repair and tailor ice cream machine mess. I know many of you know the joke that the ice cream machines at McDonald's never work. That literally could be an entire episode in of itself, but I'm gonna break this one down for you. Basically, have you ever wondered why the ice cream machines are always down at this chain? Well, it's because Taylor, which is the company that makes the ice cream machines, purposefully makes the machines impossible to repair without their certified repair people. And they make them error prone too. Why does McDonald's keep using them if that's the case? Well, because apparently they have a very sweet service contract with Taylor. So who cares about the franchisees who have to deal with the pain of no working ice cream machine, right? Well, don't blame the franchise owners or any one McDonald's store for this. The company themselves doesn't seem to give not one flying fuck if customers or owners are pissed off so long as Taylor keeps signing massive checks. Thankfully, this saga may actually have a happy ending. One startup, Kitsch, created a device that could literally tell you what's actually wrong with the machine and help owners fix it. No more calling a Taylor repairman and paying out the nose for them to show up. Now, McDonald's lied to chain owners saying that Kitsch was dangerous, and now the startup is suing them for interference with their business. They also claim that McDonald's and Taylor are, quote, engaged in corporate espionage by reverse engineering one of Kitsch's devices to copy it and create their own product. Now, whether or not these two will face any real kind of justice, I have no idea, time will tell. But either way, at least it's put a spotlight on this issue and it's given us someone to blame when the ice cream machines are down. And as it turns out, it's still McDonald's, but also this company, Taylor, and it's not actually the individual store or the franchise owners. Secondly, the chain has even had problems with child labor, which, I mean, it's really not shocking at this point, but it should be shocking. And no, for the record, I don't mean a teenager staying too late into their shift, but I actually mean 10-year-olds working there illegally. This isn't so much of a, the workplace is toxic problem, but a why the hell are 10 year olds working here kind of issue. Just a few months ago, back in May, agency investigators found dozens of kids working at McDonald's illegally. Louisville Bauer Foods LLC, which owned 10 McDonald's franchises, had two dozen minors under the age of 16 working there. Sometimes these kids worked as late as 2 a.m., but weren't even paid for it. The labor department added that one child was allowed to operate the deep fryer, which is apparently prohibited. Sean Bauer, the owner operator, has insisted that this is not the case. The two little kids were visiting their parent, a night manager, but not working there. And I mean, hey, sometimes parents have no choice but to bring their kid to work. Maybe if they're bored, you say, okay, go clean up that ketchup stain for me or something. I could see something like that happening. But 
If you have your 10 year old consistently working at the restaurant and hanging out late at night, then I think that's kind of on you. It's dangerous to have a 10 year old around deep fryers, not knowing proper protocol for food safety and any of that. There's a reason workplaces might have a bring your kid to work day, not a bring your kid to work month. If this night manager truly wanted to visit with their children or needed to watch them for some time, then at least keep them out of the kitchen. Don't let them work in it. Plus, let's be honest, we might all know that McDonald's food is unsanitary, but no one wants a snot-nosed kid handling the orders either. But even if this owner could explain why there were a couple kids in his franchises, he fails to explain the other 22 kids and teens that were all allegedly working there. Again, this wasn't some small misunderstanding from what I understand here, but this was a consistent worrying issue. But for now, let's move on to the next one, the issue called topping, if you will. The Monopoly scam, just, I, I, whatever. I can't come up with cool names for crap. Again, this one is practically an entire saga in of itself. Jerome Jacobson, the key player in this one, was once the director of security for Simon Marketing, who made the game pieces used in the Monopoly promotional contests. In the Monopoly and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire games, customers could end up winning millions of dollars in prizes and Jacobson himself had to look after these prizes, ensuring that employees didn't pocket them. However, while he didn't just steal prizes, he was able to rig the game, swapping out sealed packets of winning game pieces and replacing them with regular non-gaming pieces. Since he couldn't cash in on the prize without seeming suspicious, he had his friends and family pay him tens of thousands up front and they'd get game pieces worth hundreds of thousands in return. At one point, Jacobson even anonymously mailed a $1 million game piece to the donations clerk at the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. A generous donation? Absolutely. But a source close to him told CNN he only did it to potentially get a more lenient sentence if he was caught later. So is this one technically McDonald's fault? I guess no. I'm not sure we can really say that McDonald's was fully to blame for this last piece, even if I do find just the story interesting and McDonald's related, but when it comes to worker exploitation, harassment, and general corporate scumbagginess, I think McDonald's holds a lot of accountability there. And it's accountability that they're not interested in taking. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new about the Golden Arches today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.